Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's good, people? It's your boy, Jav. I just wanted to let y'all know that the Rat Roundtable Volume 3 Year in Review is coming soon. Be on the lookout for that. Tell them welcome to the gray area and stay away just in case you ain't real enough to relate. Every other Thursday, politics to the chips. Get up on this wave. <laughs> now tell me what's to talk about. Cause we the only thing to talk about. How you keep reality in check. Just keep it real rapping. Don't gossip with the facts. Yeah. This is the gray area. And I am your host, Ray Jarvis. Sucker Free, NBA Talk Part 2. Originally, this was not the plan. But I had my guest, Mike Miller, the homie who blessed us with a lot of basketball intel, a lot of basketball knowledge, a lot of hot takes, but they were factual takes. But beyond all of that, it was a few things that I really wanted to get into that I had to adjust the show because he was in such a pocket that it didn't make sense to force certain topics if you were flowing in a certain direction. So with that said, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a sucker free NBA talk part two where I get to talk (laughs) and I get my opinions out there and how I'm feeling about the current landscape of the NBA sucker free. As I've been doing the gray area, right, I've, I've talked about a particular person. You know who I'm talking about. Hey! Hey! I've, I've, I've blamed they for a lot of the issues that are conveyed in the NBA's coverage, how, how information is delivered and how information is received and digested. And you know what? I've been guilty of blaming the media for they. But in all actuality, the person I need to blame for they are the fans. That's right. Some of y'all listening to this show, it's not many they that listens to this show, but the few of you who are checking in right now, I'm blaming you for where the media has gone. The media realized that they could trust, that, that, that you, you guys would trust them regardless of whatever they put out because You're the news. So we have to believe you. But as fans, as consumers of the product, we never challenged the media to be better. If anything, we trusted them and ran with the information and divulged it to other people as fact. Come on, son. So I sat back and it's this particular NBA season that I'm really realizing like, y'all are the problem. For instance, I wake up every day, right? I'm a Laker fan. It's well documented. But again, I I always repeat myself in the gray area for that new listener who's going to pull up. I am a huge Laker fan, more than a Kobe fan. I'm a Laker fan. And I swear to God, it's like I'm living in that movie Groundhog Day. Every day I wake up, right? 
and I pick up my phone and I get my notifications and I see an article or a rumor. Lakers trading this guy for that guy. Lakers trading that guy for this guy. And it's like, huh? ESPN had a whole special with Woj on December 15th, the trade season special. Because they know that they, being the fans, are going to digest this and eat it all up because they love the transaction. Forget what's true. Forget what the people who run the organization tell you. They're giving you the answers. No, no, no. Forget what the GM said. Woj has to be right. I'm going to believe that guy. And then we have random... News sites, not even like the reputable joints. We're talking about like Fast Break Daily and a few others where people are just writing things and putting Lakers. Oh, John Wall, Lakers, Bradley Bill, Lakers, Anthony Davis, Lakers, this guy, Lakers. And it's like they do this because they know that they are going to click on these articles and they're going to eat up all the clickbait. And it goes for any other team. They're going to eat up all the clickbait. You guys are fish. The media websites are the bait. Now, listen, it's a true story. True's in the building. Shout out to the homie True Grown Folk Table is out right now. I had a dude write an article. And my fiend is out because, yes, sometimes I can be a fiend. I'm not above it. I found his name. I got his Twitter address. I tweeted the guy, right? And I said, yo, listen, can you please stop posting these news articles with these fake sources that we know don't exist? And would you believe that he said to me, listen, bro, I'm only writing what my editor tells me to write. Come on, son. Are you kidding me? (laughs) So what you mean is you just spent about 400 words typing a nonsensical article only to say that your editor told you to write it. So your editor knows that it doesn't even have to be true. All you have to do is say sources. And it's good money in these streets. That is a problem for me. And it's like now I get into this realm where it's like I podcast. I do a sports and culture show. Granted, in a sense, I am part of the media. I understand. I've spoken about this in the past that it has to be a certain modicum of clicks you do this for the clicks. You want people to click on your link and listen to your show. And, and I understand that this is the game we're in. But the fact that sources is now a trigger word, and I don't even have to divulge who the source is. I, it doesn't even have to be a real person. My homeboy could just give me, like, he could go in the trade machine, make something up, and the trade machine would say it's good money. And all I got to do is tweet it out and say, sources say I'm trading the table for the chair. Come on, son. That's where we at with the NBA coverage. All you got to do is say sources, make up a fake rumor, and I go back in time. I spoke about this on the gray area. I made a whole tweet that said Kyrie Irving, sources, Kyrie Irving is interested in coming to the New York Knicks. And that instantly became my most popular tweet ever. It had no truth behind it. I think I, and it was not even like a real trade. I was like Kyrie for like Frank, Frankie pastries in a bag of chips, something crazy. But the people ate it up. They didn't even read the tweet properly. They just saw sources and Kyrie Irving. This is what I'm saying. Like it's driving me insane. Even just today, I saw an article tweeted and the person was like, Laker Nation, what do you think? 
oh, the Lakers are interested in, in, in trading for John Wall. And I'm like, wait a minute. Magic Johnson said to y'all, he said, he said it. We're only going to make moves for a superstar. We're not going to do anything that takes us out of the running for a superstar. Not a B-list player, not a B-plus player, not a C-minus, none of that. A players only. So when the Lakers fans are posting these nonsensical articles, right, about Bradley Bill, why would the Lakers trade for Bradley Bill in the middle of the season when they already said to you, listen, we're not trying to actually win a chip this year. We're trying to see what we have this year. And we don't want to we don't want to take ourselves out of free agency in 2019. If Magic told you this, there's no reason why you should believe that. It goes the same for John Wall. All of you sharing this, thirsty for the transaction. Unless it's Anthony Davis, there is no other Laker rumor that you should pay any attention to. And then on top of the fact that there's been a trading period for new signees each and every year. But the media knows that they are so thirsty for NBA transaction level news that they made December 15th a whole thing. There was even talk that I, I saw an article where it was like on December 15th, the Lakers are prepared to send whoever, whoever, and whoever over to the Pelicans for Anthony Davis. When did this become a target date? Yo, yo, the media, because they know y'all so thirsty, they done moved up. It used to just be the trading deadline. Like we all knew that by February it was lit. They done moved it up two months because they know y'all thirsty and they could tell you anything. They made a whole show about it and debuted it on ESPN2 because y'all are thirsty. Facts. They don't even have to tell y'all the truth. Y'all as the NBA consumer are the problem. They is not the media. They are you guys. It's a whole fact. It's a whole hundred percent fact. LeBron James went over to L.A., made it clear. He he done crystallized it. But then I still see people pushing this Cleveland narrative, sipping this narrative juice, although there's so much evidence to the contrary. When LeBron James tried to get on his passage to Will Energy, Magic Johnson came out and told him flat out to chill. Magic Johnson said, we're not trading for an abundance of shooters. We're not trying to put the situation where the ball is going to constantly be in LeBron James's hand. We want playmakers so that things can be easier for him. LeBron James is averaging a career low in minutes per game. These are the facts. They're right in front of you. Why are you still pushing this, this Cleveland narrative? He did go to Miami, you know, and none of the, sh- the chicanery that took place, none of the shenanigans that took place in Cleveland happened in Miami. Why? Because there was strong leadership in the front office. Genie and Magic are one in the same. They're on the same page. Magic has complete autonomy over basketball. There's not going to be a LeBron James railroading situation, but yet and still I have to have conversations with people who negate the facts because they've been conditioned by the media to believe that LeBron James is somehow Michael Corleone and he went west and he's going to beat up Mo Green and take everything over. That's not happening here. Career low in minutes. 
Magic told him to fall back, and he fell back. They haven't made any moves that that's, that they, that creates a situation where it's all LeBron all the time. The Lakers have a plan. And on top of the fact that we see all of these rumors and articles, and yet the Lakers are winning games. They started 2-5, and five and they've been 14-7 and seven ever since. And, and, in, and of their 12 losses, you can make an argument that they should have won about eight or nine of them. So all of this rumors and articles and this this word, this godforsaken word that I keep hearing, help. LeBron needs help. How, Sway? How? On, the Lakers have gotten progressively better from October 17th and the season started up until now. So, so all this narrative juice, y'all keep drinking. Yo, drink something else. Get a V8. Huh? <laughs> Get an Nantucket nectar. Get something else. Get a quarter water from the corner store, but lay off the narrative juice. At some point, the NBA became the NTA, the National Transaction Association, whereas we already thinking about off the court issues more so than what's happening with the basketball. It's mind boggling to me, bro. Like, like I said, I, it's, again, like I said earlier, it's Groundhog Day. Before I came to the studio, another, oh, the Lakers are going to trade Brandon Ingram, you know, executive say, right? And that's another thing. I'm I'm <laughs> sucker free NBA talk part two. Who are these executives? Sports fans. I know y'all been seeing this too. League executives expect. League executives say. League executives this. League executives that. When did these executives become the invisible hand of the NBA? The like are, is, is executives adjacent to sources, or, or are they one in the same way? You spoke to no one, you just say league executives, and be it's so ambiguous that you can't pin anybody. <laughs> and because the fans are supposed to trust the media, they'll eat it up. Oh, yeah, oh league league executive. That means there's somebody in the front office. This has to be true. It's like. The NBA has become not necessarily a reality show, but the NBA has become like 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 I don't want to say a mob or a mafia, but really a well-constructed business where you got the low-tier guys and then you got the bosses that you never see. They're like a nice good corporation whereas I might work in the mailroom, right? And there's people on the up top floor that you never see, but they always pass messages down to the people in the mailroom for things, how they want things to be sorted out, so on and so forth. League executives see me, all the people in that penthouse, in that boardroom that you never actually see, but you only hear about. Ever since the TV deal came into play and there's so much money in the mix throughout these networks, they have created so many characters who don't exist. Think about the fact that since ESPN re-upped with the NBA, the, the, the character sources and the character league executives are heavyweights in the news cycle. Think about what's going on with Carmelo Anthony. How many times you've seen or heard, excuse me, league executives don't think Carmelo will be back in the league. League executives believe Carmelo was done. League executive believes LeBron James will stay in Cleveland. Blah, 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 blah. League executive, league executive. Who? 
if if I work and I answer phones and I'm in a receptionist for for the GM or the Raptors, does that make me a league executive? If I give you a quote, does that make me an executive because I work in the front office? Help me understand this. Who are these people? I'm telling y'all, I'm 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 fiending for the trade deadline for my Lakers because it's like I want I want to just make it about basketball. I can't even enjoy my squad because every day, whether win or lose. It's a fake article. You got guys out here clout chasing by just by saying sources. Yo, y'all, I'm about to get in the source game. I might as well, huh? <laughs> Come on, son. All you gotta do is make some things up. I don't understand. Like it's it's. We, we, they made December fifteenth a thing. Do you understand that? They made a random day in December a Saturday. Oh, and y'all really thought it was about to go down. The only thing that went down was a botched Trevor Ariza trade that eventually went through. The music got the hairy Boy. Let's shift gears. Sucker free, part two. I, I, done, I done figured y'all out too, you know. Some of you NBA fans are extremely fickle. And, you know, I've fought battles. I've had debates in person, on podcasts, online, at work, at the barbershop. Many, many, many debates about these three players. And I figured something out. NBA fans are fickle and they trust their sensibilities more than anything else. No matter you could you could. Yo, listen. You can show an NBA fan a black table, but if his favorite player is white table, no matter how much information you show that the black table is the best player in the league, they're going to say the white player is better. The white table is better, right? Let's talk about it. Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden. The epitome of fickle fandom. Everyone loves Russell Westbrook. Everyone, for the most part, hates KD. And if you don't hate KD, definitely hate James Harden. Real talk. And I sit back and I'm like, these same NBA fans love winning. They love success. They they love to argue. They'll debate you about LeBron and tell you how LeBron is better than this guy because of this statistical feat and the fact that he makes deep playoff runs. But in the same breath, would choose Westbrook over KD or Harden for some random emotional or convoluted reason. Let's get into it. Russell Westbrook, since he's become a solo act, right, has averaged triple doubles. He's had the no help narrative. He's lost with help. But the but the one constant is he has not gotten out of the first round. When he had KD. They made conference finals appearances. They went to the NBA finals. They were a perennial threat in the Western Conference. James Harden, one of the few more million, things didn't work out. He goes to Houston. James Harden has had multiple playoff runs where he went deep. Two conference finals appearances. He's been in, in the running for MVP for like three or four years consecutively. One can argue that he was jerked out of two MVPs before he finally got his first one. Even, even when he didn't get to the conference finals, he got out of the first round, right? 
But if you take a poll right now of these fickle NBA fans and you ask them to choose one, they're going to choose Westbrook. And what they're going to tell you? Triple doubles, right? Facts. He averages triple doubles. He's feisty. He's fiery. But these same people who choose Westbrook would say they don't like Kobe Bryant. But then in the same breath, if you catch him talking to somebody else, they'll say, yo, Westbrook is just like Kobe. So how the hell you like Westbrook, don't like Kobe, but they'll say that Westbrook is just like Kobe. You see where I'm going with this? Y'all are fickle. Y'all, yes, y'all boost up LeBron James and, and is winning. But then you'll say that Kevin Durant made a weak move. We've ne- we will never hold Westbrook accountable. He made a weak move. Kevin Durant, two times finals MVP. He showed up big in consecutive finals. He showed up big and he bailed Westbrook out many times. Westbrook game has not changed since he came in the league. He's been essentially the same guy, whereas Harden and Durant have added wrinkle after wrinkle after wrinkle after wrinkle and have had massive amounts of success. But it's all about Russell Westbrook. And it's like mind-boggling to me, right? Because the other day, you know, James Harden, he cooked up my Lakers, 50-point triple-double. It's cool. I go on a post on Facebook just to mess around because, you know, Westbrook is an all-emo squad. Like, if you say anything bad about Westbrook, it's going to be a group of people who show up and they get emotional. And it's funny to me. I don't even care about what they say. I just do it to upset them. Trolling 101. And I, I said, are you guys ready to place Harden above Westbrook? And the, and the answer was a unanimous No. But let's hold on for a second, Fickle fans. An NBA player tops in the MVP running in a harder conference, going to multiple deep playoff runs, two two conference finals, went to game seven against the modern dynasty. But you choose a dude who averages a triple-double and can't get out the first round and takes 40 shots and has a high-usage, low-efficiency game? Help me understand that. Fickle fandom, you like who you like. Forget the facts, even if it makes you a hypocrite. James Harden and Kevin Durant have both had more success as individual players than Russell Westbrook. There's nothing to dispute that. Russell Westbrook dominates the basketball. He he, he doesn't shoot a high percentage. He shoots one of the worst three-point percentages per attempts in the league. But he keeps shooting it. What's the matter with this guy? Come on, son. But this is who you choose. Hard and efficient, high usage. So it means you're getting the most bang for your buck, but you don't like that. You'll cry about the free throws and, and the traveling and the step backs and all this and that. You'll, tr- you'll complain about his traveling, but at the same time, you'll let LeBron James and all the walking he's done in his career live. You see, I got y'all cornered. I done figured y'all out. The facts do not matter. Y'all don't like Harden. Y'all don't like KD. You like feisty Westbrook, and it doesn't matter what they do on the court. Harden could win another MVP. He could win 60-plus more games. He could probably even win a championship, and you'd still choose Westbrook. And the same goes for Kyrie Irving. You have people, people who actually know basketball, right, who would still say something silly like, what has Kyrie done before LeBron James? Facts. And it's like, that got to be the most irritating question that I come across in NBA conversations. One, because I love Kyrie Irving, right? But secondly, because it's pure and utter nonsense. It's nonsense. 
The same people who will ask you, what did Kyrie do before LeBron James, will look at Westbrook's roster and say he didn't have help. <laughs> and that's why he couldn't get out the first round. So if Westbrook didn't have help, what exactly did Kyrie Irving have his first three years in Cleveland? Huh? He had consecutive years, three of the worst rosters in league history back-to-back. But he still made all-star games. I believe he, he was an all-star MVP, if I'm not mistaken, before LeBron. I had people even say, oh, if it wasn't for LeBron, he wouldn't have gotten the shoe deal. Kyrie Irving was already a brand name before LeBron James came back, right? People are like, oh, what did he do before this or what did he do before that? Why in God's name, sensible basketball fan, sensible NBA fan, excuse me, would you even pose that question? We already know, or make a comparison. Oh, LeBron James went with this and Kyrie couldn't win with that. We know what LeBron James is. LeBron James is a freak of nature. That is not an apples to apples comparison. To even ask that question to make the comparison shows that you don't care about the facts. Kyrie Irving had three terrible rosters. He's not LeBron James. His game is not LeBron James. These people will talk to you about roster construction and understanding how parts work and how this player needs to be with that player, but then make a apples, try to make an apples-apples comparison about LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. You cannot be a sensible basketball guy and then not make sense when it comes to Kyrie Irving because it doesn't suit your sensibilities or your emotions towards that player. It's silly. Questioning Kyrie Irving's leadership and oh he can't get it done without LeBron and I had people say oh the Celtics were better without Kyrie when the Celtics were 46 and 21 before Kyrie was done for the season with Kyrie they want like they no one to eat, no one even thought that the Celtics would be that good and then when the Celtics started slowly this year the same people were ready to hop I mean the, the same people who if their team is trash right they'll tell you it's early chill out. <laughs> We're ready to hop on Kyrie and railroad him for the Celtics' slow start, only to try to double down and not give him credit when the Celtics got hot. That's what I'm talking about. Y'all are fickle. Belief system over facts. And I sit back then, it's like, y'all, you know, at first I'd be like, you know, I don't know. I don't want to talk to these people. It's so annoying, right? No. You guys provide content. <laughs> y'all, y'all, prov- y'all give me something to talk about because... You want to play both sides of the fence. You want to be sensible and knowledgeable, but then you also want to pick and choose who you want to give guff to. Yes, yes, I use guff. I just felt like sneaking that word in on this episode because I was listening to Comedy Central and one of these, it was a black comic who used the word guff and it made me laugh really hard. So I said, I'm going to put this on the pod. Yeah, I want to give certain players guff because you just don't like them and you don't want to admit that you just don't like them. Forget what I know. Forget that I know better. It's funny to me. Oh, what success did Kyrie have without LeBron? Hey, I, I could have sworn. I got four eyes, y'all. I could have sworn that I saw Kyrie hit the game winner in the NBA Finals over the unanimous MVP who only had one knee at the time. But the fact remains, he hit the shot. And game five, when they were down 3-1, didn't Kyrie have 41 along with LeBron? But y'all would let people believe that Kyrie was just dead. He was a backup dancer. He wasn't even, he didn't even have a microphone. He was just chucking and jiving. But this is what I'm saying. And it could go for any player. 
Y'all choose your belief system and the fact that you're fickle over anything else. And this is why when I talk about players like Westbrook, when I talk about players like Paul George, and I talk about players like CP3, I let y'all know I don't like these particular players. Up front, I don't like them. So if I say anything derogatory about them, it's because I don't like them. But if you're asking me to discuss basketball, I won't let my basketball knowledge get in the way of my emotions. I can separate the two. I might not like these plays, but I know they're good. I know what they're capable of. And I and it's like, I expect, I expect more NBA fans on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram, to be able to separate their sensibilities from what's happening out here on the court. It's not hard. Try it. It actually makes trolling fun. <laughs> Facts. You know? Last thing before I get out of here, it's going to be a quick one. I, I noticed that a lot of people let that Greg Popovich gripe about the three-point shot fly. And I and, and that was that was very interesting to me. That was it was eyebrow raising. There's a certain segment of NBA fans who, if you ask them, they'll tell you. They believe that Popovich is the greatest coach of all time. He's the greatest. He's better than Phil Jackson. It's crazy to me. Come on, son. Phil Jackson got, what, 11? He found a way to get Shaq and Kobe to play together. Excuse me, two guys who didn't like each other won three and should have won four. He found a way to harness Michael Jordan's greatness. Huh? Got six. Found a way to harness Kobe's psychotic ways to play with Pau Gasol and get two more. What are we talking about? But anyway, I digress. Popovich is complaining about the fact that the three-point shot has overtaken everything else in the game. He said he made something along the lines of guys, when they look at the stat sheet, you know, they, they, they're looking to see how much threes they made and took and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, dog. Super Mathematics says that three is more than two, you know. <laughs> when you started grade school and they started, you know, doing simple math with the apples and then they'll have they'll have two apples and they'll say two, then they'll have three apples equals three. That means that, you know, three is more than two. The math of the NBA has changed. The three-point shot has more value because it has more value, huh? Instead of you griping about it, adjust. I think what's being missed is the fact that he traded Kawhi Leonard for a player who's good but less than. No shade, DeMar DeRozan, but you're not Kawhi. And it's like, you people, you Popovich zealots who want to call him the GOAT. Let's see if he's the GOAT now. He doesn't have an all-timer on his squad to coach anymore. Huh? Let's, let, let's see Popovich coach this squad up. Two months into the season, he's crying about the three-point shot. Because, why? Because somehow or the other, he threw Danny Green in the Kawhi Leonard play, trade. That was so confusing to me. If you're trading the better player, if, if, if the team you're trading to is getting the best part of that package, why the hell would you throw in another part like Danny Green? You you know the three-point shot is extremely important, right? Mano Ginobili's retiring. That was another one of your three-point shooters. And then you threw in Danny Green? I'm willing to argue that the game might have passed Popovich by. You're a great Popovich. That was the first chicken arm, people. The game is starting to pass by. Teams are getting better. He doesn't have a superstar talent to lean on. huh? The Spurs look awfully regular unless they play the Lakers. And he's griping. Facts. Listen, y'all, Popovich is not the GOAT. <laughs> 
But these are the things I wanted to get off my chest. You know, there was a few things that I really wanted to talk about. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to bring Sucker Free back so that I could share this time with y'all. You know, the listeners always tell me we love when y'all go solo. You know, he's, it's things that he gets to talk about that he really can't get off when he has a guest. So this is, I do it for y'all. Again, the Rap Roundtable Volume 3 is on deck. You can find the gray area on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Elite Sports New York. The Spotify is coming soon. And as the saying goes, Whether you like it or don't like it, sit down and look at it because it's the best going today. Woo! Perfect. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.